At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Blogging Theology. Today we're honored to speak to Dr. Sohail Lahir. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Sohail. Wa alaikum assalam. Glad to have you on. Dr. Sohail. Thank you. Dr. Sohail Lahir has a master's in religious studies from Boston University and completed his PhD in Islamic studies at Harvard University. He has benefited from a number of teachers of, Islam, of traditional Islamic disciplines in the U.S. and abroad and has ijazas in Islamic theology, Islamic law, hadith, and other subjects. He served as MIT's first Muslim chaplain from 1998 to 2014, as former academic dean at Fawakih, an Arabic language institute. He made significant contributions to the classical Arabic curriculum. He has previously taught at a number of universities around the Boston area, and currently serves as assistant professor of Islamic studies at the Boston Islamic Seminary. Today, Dr. Sohail is going to educate us about the concept of tawatu. Now, Muslims frequently say that the Quran is transmitted to us via mutawatir transmission. And we make a distinction between mutawatir and ahad hadith and so on. But do all of us have a clear understanding of what tawatur really signifies? 
And is it used differently across various Islamic disciplines? What does the Muslim theologian who discusses Tawatur mean the same thing as the Hadith scholar or Quranic sciences scholar? Moreover, is there something in common underlying the different uses of the word Tawatur across different Islamic disciplines? Inshallah, Dr. Sohail will be shedding light on these questions and more in his presentation. Dr. Sohail, whenever you're free, the floor is all yours. Thank you, Barakulafiq. Share my screen. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah. Amma ba'd. Okay. So, tawatur. Um, I want to start first with um, a definition and um, some explanation of what Tawatur actually is, and then something on the history of Tawatur uh, in Islamic thought. And then, uh, of course, as um, um, Dr. Bassam uh, pointed out, well, uh, I'm not a doctor. You can call me brother. <laughs> uh, Ustad Bassam pointed out two of the major applications of the water are for um, Quranic sciences, in Quranic sciences, and in Hadith sciences. So we will um, deal with each of those in turn. And then at the end, we will um, um, kind of summarize some. Important, important points. Oh. Okay, so we, we, we start with a definition and history. What is Tawatur? Tawatur is simply put a form of corroboration that results in certain knowledge. So co corroboration um, increases our confidence in in a piece of information. For example, if someone were to come into this Zoom room and tell us that, um, for example, um, um, a volcano has erupted in such and such place, we might believe him, we, we, we might not. Maybe he's lying, maybe he's mistaken, um, Maybe he doesn't like me talking about the water, so he wants me to stop. <laughs> um, but now if a second person so suddenly comes into the room and repeats the same information, then our confidence in this will be higher. But still we might not be completely sure because maybe these two people are both part of a conspiracy. Maybe they're both both mistaken. Maybe this is fake news. But now if a third person, fourth person, does the same and then we decide to stop with this um, recording and to um, 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 go out on the street and then we meet many other people who are also telling us the same piece of information, then at some point, we will become certain. 
that this has to be true. There's no way that it can be false. So um, that is Tawatur. A, um, when we have enough corroboration that we become absolutely certain. At that point, we say that that piece of information is now mutawatir. Um, this is the adjective. Um, or we could say that this piece of information um, is conveyed by tawatir, which is the noun. Okay. So uh, a number of years ago, there was an article in the Tikkun um, um, uh, journal. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf um, of California. And he was talking about, about the Holocaust, the Nazi Holocaust, and he was warning Muslims not to deny this. As, as you know, may know, there are some Muslims who deny that, that this killing of Jews um, actually happened. So uh, Sheikh Hamza, um, um, a major part of his argument um, to convince uh, any skeptical Muslims um, skeptical of the Holocaust, he used a Tawatur-based reasoning. So uh, essentially that the testimonies of tens of thousands of Holocaust survivors is a form of tawatur. In other words, that it is inconceivable 
that this large number of people were all involved in some conspiracy to convince us that the Nazis killed um, uh, a lot of Jews, although that never happened. Uh, so we rule out that possibility of conspiracy, and we also rule out the numbers of people involved here. Number of testimonies is um, also um, sufficient to rule out the possibility that they were all mistaken. Uh, and also, of course, we have um, physical evidence, such as mass graves, gas chambers, and so on. Although, as we might um, mention uh, later, physical evidence is not generally part of um, um, the concept of Tawatur, uh, as discussed by Muslim scholars, because, um, um, yeah, they talked about um, uh, eyewitness testimony and the transmission of eyewitness testimony by large numbers of people in each generation. Um, uh, they were not that concerned with physical ev evidence. And of course, one reason is that physical evidence can be manipulated or forged. Uh, would it be fair to qualify uh, the first sentence on your slide, uh, a form of corroboration that results in certain knowledge as a form of testimonial corroboration that results yes, in certain knowledge? That would be good to say. Of course, um, there is the um, um, technical definition given by the scholars of Ursul al-Fiqh and the scholars of Ulun al-Hadith, uh, legal theory, theory and hadith science. Um, but um, to keep things simple, I did not want to um, go through the uh, five elements of the technical definition. But thank you for um, pointing that out. Yeah, that would be helpful to add test, uh, testimonial corroboration. So um, a um, point uh, which um, um, might, uh, a potential objection which might come to mind is that, all right, we said that uh, if one person tells us something, then um, we usually would not um, attach certainty to that. Uh, and so, you might think that, all right, um, even if we have multiple people telling us the same thing, uh, each individual report is still conveying non-certain or probabilistic knowledge. And, and so couldn't we say that even the um, aggregation or collection of all of these inv individual reports also conveys non-certain knowledge. But no, that is not, not the case, because sometimes the whole is uh, more than the sum of its parts. As Alama Tazani, this famous um, 
theologian and scholar of Usul, um, he points out that combination often yields what separateness does not, like the strength of a rope composed of fibers. Other analogies which you uh, find the uh, Islamic scholars sometimes mentioning that, um, um, yes, if you drink one sip of water, you will not, um, your thirst will not be quenched. But if you drink a lot of water, um, um, the thirst will be quenched, even though um, that glass of water or two glasses of water is made up of individual sips. Yeah, yeah, you know, even in the in the in the domain of logic, um, you know, there's a fallacy, popular fallacy, the fallacy of composition, where one assumes that the parts of a whole, uh, you know, that that the part has the same exact character traits as the whole, right? Uh, and that's not necessarily the case. So you could have individual testimonies; each one may be um, probabilistically true, but as a whole, as a cumulative case, uh, they could. Uh, amount to something certain and to insist that the whole has the same character traits as the parts necessarily that would, that would be a you know a logical fallacy of composition a popular logical fallacy okay so um on the next two slides uh two or three slides i have um um uh i, I think five points um which um, a kind of fleshing out the definition on the concept um uh, definition of the concept of the water clarifying um some um um details or assumptions underlying the, the concept so firstly we should note that the water is a sufficient but not necessary condition for knowledge so if even if no one had witnessed the Holocaust, it would not make it untrue. Right? This is kind of like um, 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 the case of if a tree falls in, in a forest and no one is there to hear it, will it still make a sound? Um, but yeah, for the tree, regardless if someone sees it, it's or not, regardless, the tree has fallen, that is a true fact. And similarly, uh, if um, something happened, but um, uh, for some reason it was not transmitted to us, that does not prove that it didn't happen. Not every truth is necessarily transmitted. Um, but important matters usually will be. For, for example, the, the death of a king uh, or the occurrence of a war. Um, important matters like this or the, uh, the rise of a pro prophet uh, who, um, who gathers a significant number of followers. 
something like that. It is um, um, based on human nature that people will. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Talk about such things and transmit them to the next generation. Number two, Tawatur is based usually on corroborated oral testimony of witnesses. But sometimes um, it is not oral testimony, but um, action. For example, Salah, right? The Muslim ritual prayer. Um, Salah has been conveyed by Tawatur, not um, um verbal tawatur, but um, uh, what we could say tawatur amali. Um, uh, mass trend, you know, it's a mass practiced. Um, exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And I think maybe a similar, a similar analogy could also be um, the adhan. The adhan, you know, we, uh, we don't necessarily have, uh, you know, dozens of independently documented Chains exactly. of transmission explaining in detail how to say the adhan, but it's just so massly practiced generation after generation that exactly. there's it doesn't even cross one's mind to even question, um, you know, uh, whether this has been the case faithfully transmitted. Yes. So things like this the salah, the adhan, um, um, the um, um, the um for the uh, dead deceased Muslim uh people have Muslims have be, been doing this in every generation um and the practice has been handed down in this way so it is as uh Bassam pointed out it is um um what is the term you used um mass Oh, as mass practice, yeah. Mass yeah. practice. Uh, of course, um, yeah, no, that's fine. I think this point is coming on the next slide. Um, and as you said, these um, Muslim scholars have not typically taken material evidence into consideration for purposes of the water. But nevertheless, um, Material evidence has some place in um, 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 Islamic um, 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 law, for example, um, but um, that is um, not something we um, need to talk about at this point. Number three, Tawatur might not always yield certainty of all the details. So it said that the salah is mutawatir, mutawatir by practice. Um, what exactly about the salah? The fact that there are 
five obligatory prayers every day. The fact that Fajr is two, two rakah, Dhuhr is four, and so on. The fact that you recite audibly for Fajr and the first two of Maghrib and Isha and silently in all the rest of the rakahs. This has been transmitted um, by mass practice across the generations. So we are certain of it. But uh, there is not certainty about all the details of the salah. For example, where, where do you put your hands when praying? Is it above the navel, navel below the navel, navel or do you leave them by the sides? Um, the scholars have disagreed. Do you raise your hands before and after rukur or not? There is uncertainty on this. Um, and scholars have differed. Actually, there's even a minority opinion that you do not raise your hands even for the initial Allahu Akbar. Um, so the water, the um, Basic form of the salah is mutawatir, but not necessarily every detail. If we go back, go back to the Holocaust, yes, the Holocaust is mutawatir. It definitely happened. But when we go, go to more specific details, was a specific person X killed in a gas chamber? How guilty was Officer Y, Nazi Officer Y. And similarly, um, the Quran it, in its broad outlines is mutawatir. Uh, what do we mean by broad outlines? We will um, um, discuss that later, inshallah. Um, but um, um, in, for example, interpretation of a verse might well, might not be certain. Uh, of course, there are some verses which um, are both mutawatir in transmission and also the meaning is um, unambiguous. For example, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ Say, He, Allah, is one. No amb ambiguity of meaning here. Um, but um, other verses, for example, وَالْمُتَلَّقَاتُ يَتَرَبَّسْنَ بِأَنفُسِهِنَّ ثَلَاثَةَ قُرُوءٍ That um, this verse is about the waiting period for divorced women. And it's uh, this verse specified that this waiting period is thalathatta qurur, three qurur. But what is meant by qurur? This word is used in the Arabic language to refer to the uh, period of menstrual bleeding, but it is also used for the opposite, for the intervals of purity between the menstrual bleedings. So which of the two meanings 
meanings is intended here. It is not clear, and um, the scholars disagreed. So um, this is something we should be careful of, although, yes, the Quranic text is mutawatir, we should be cautious of accusing someone of kufr based on a difference of interpretation of a verse. Another example, um, so uh, there's the, the famous incident um, um, at Ghadir Khum on the way back from the um, Hajj uh, of the Prophet um, He stopped at uh, this pond of Khum, uh, which is um, between Mecca and Medina, and um, um, he said, Man kuntu mawlahu fa'aliyun mawlahu. That whoever's mawla I am, Ali is his mawla. So both Sunni and Shia agree that the Prophet said this. But what did the Prophet mean by this? This has been the subject of fierce debate between the Sunnis and the Shia across history. Um, another example um, was Jesus, the Prophet Isa crucified or not. So yes, we could say that it is mutawatir that someone was put on the cross and people thought that it is Isa that it is Jesus. But um, there are uncertainties about the details. Was the person actually Jesus or not? And um, even if we um, uh, assume or even if you are we are convinced that it was Jesus, السلام, did he die on the cross or not? So this also, um, there's not certainty um, about, for example, um, even among early Christian groups, um, um, for example, in, in the Gnostic Gospels, um, we find um, uh, the view that it was not actually Jesus on the cross, and Jesus actually was watching the crucifixion from a distance. And then, um, yeah, there's also the, um, what is called the swoon hypothesis, which was um, 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 adopted among Muslims, uh, among Muslims by Sheikh, Sheikh Ahmed Didas, did that, for example, that uh, um, it may have been Jesus who was actually put on the cross, uh, but he was uh, taken down before he died. So if by crucifixion we, we mean um, um, putting to death on the cross, then Jesus was not crucified. I think, uh, you know, as you said earlier, doctor, um, you know, because here 
we're focusing on testimony. So I think what we can say is that it is mutawatir, it is established that people at the time were claiming that Isa salam was crucified. However, obviously, as Muslims, we believe that there was a divine intervention and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him from the cross. And so this is a more of an exceptional circumstance. But we, we could safely say that, uh, you know, that people at the time, and it's, it established that they were saying that they thought they, you know, j just because it is established that people at, at the time thought that Isa was crucified or claimed that he was, that doesn't mean that they're claim their testimony is true, but the tawatur here would be that it is a fact that people were saying that back then. And this is something also, you know, uh, I guess also confirmed in a way uh, implicitly uh, in the Quran. Um, so I guess what is established here is that people were saying this uh, about him, but as Muslims, we would believe that there was a divine uh, intervention. Right. So there's a, there's a mutawatir aspect to it, but the only aspect that is established is that people thought this at the time. There were a lot of people that thought this, but yes. whether what they thought was true, um, you know, uh, is a different story. And 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 I and I know that you you will probably be touching upon this idea in um, in subsequent slides, but I guess another thing that we could say is that uh, something may uh, may not be mutawatir at one stage but reach tawatir at a different stage and uh and, and i think a good example here is uh, the bible um you know imam al-razi uh, in his quranic commentary and this confused many people classically and uh, today uh muslims and non-muslims uh, he says in several places in his quranic commentary that the torah has been transmitted via tawatur has been transmitted via tawatur and it's impossible that there that corruption has happened to it and so a lot of people misinterpreted imam al-razi as saying that the torah has not been uh, falsified there has been no tahrif but he has an, a very important clarifying statement in his book al-arba'in fi usul al-din where he clarifies that in the initial stages the torah was not it was actually corrupted in Babel. But after that stage, the corrupted version then reached the point of Tawatur. And after that stage, it was no longer possible for the Torah to undergo further textual corruption. So, and this is a very, very important clarifying statement by uh, Imam al-Razi, right? So uh, sometimes when we say that something is mutawatir, it, it, it does not necessarily mean that we are approving of the contents of that thing that is mutawatir. It just simply means that it is established and faithfully transmitted from point X to point Y uh, over time in a faithful manner. But it may it may be divine. It may not be divine. It may uh, it, it may be true. It may be false. But the mutawatir aspect is emphasizing that. From this point to this point, we can be certain that it has been faithfully transmitted. All right, this is how I understand it. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to weigh in on that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, so um, 
um, thank you for uh, um, uh, pointing that out uh, about um, Imam Fakhruddin Razi. Um, um, yeah, although uh, there is the um, still the view of um, uh, Shah Waliullah Dahlawi uh, that the um, he believed that the text of the Torah has not been corrupted. The Tahrif um, he believed was in interpretation. But um, uh, yeah, I did not know that about Imam Razi. So thank you for um, clever. clever clarifying his position um so yeah um a couple of other things based on your comments so yes it is possible that something um initially is not mutawatir and then it reaches the numbers of tawatir later on although in that case strictly that piece of information is not mutawatir because um in order for the water to be uh, uh, fulfilled, you must have the large numbers of um, uh, uh, transmitters at every stage without interruption at every generation. Um, and yeah, coming back to the um, crucifixion or alleged crucifixion of Jesus. So yes, um, um, it is possible that um, um, we could say that it is mutawatir that um, 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 conveyed by um, multiple um, uh, eyewitnesses and they conveyed to the next generation and multiple people in that generation transmitted it to the next generation and so on. But what is the content of the uh, original uh, um, eyewitness testimony, it is that this person was put up on the cross, not necessarily that he died and not necessarily that it was Jesus, because they could have been mistaken um, that it was Jesus. They assumed it was Jesus. Uh, so the Tawatur here is of um this person being put on the cross, yeah, but who was to go back this every person? stage to the relevant point, to the relevant right. point. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, regardless whether we take the view that, um, of course, the Quran um, does not tell us exactly what happened, and there are a uh, um, um, uh, number of um, um, uh, narrations, um, uh, most of them mawkuf narrations going back to the Sahaba about what actually happened. Um, um, for example, was the likeness of Jesus uh, cast on to one of his disciples, either someone who volunteered to be killed in his place or, um, 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 or on Judas, the traitor, as a punishment for him, or did something else happen, or um, was it, as um, Ahmed Didat suggested, the swoon hypothesis that it actually was Jesus put up on the cross, but he was taken down before he died. So regardless, um, 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 
what is um, um, what might be with what we could say is mutawatir, if anything, is that um, someone was put up on the cross and people uh, assumed it was Jesus. But um, another point is that even that has been disputed, I think, by Ibn Hazm and others. Um, for example, um, we read in the um, uh, uh, Gospels uh, that when uh, Jesus was seized by the Romans, that the, the disciples all forsook him and fled. So, um, um, was it what? How many people actually were eyewitnesses to the crucifixion? Um, there were probably um, um, at least some people um, who witnessed it, and yeah, um, uh, there's reason to uh, think that some of these disciples came back later. Um, but were these numbers sufficient to reach Tawatur or not? And even if it is sufficient for Tawatur, uh, there are the other certainties that we uh, pointed out. And of course, as uh, Bassam um, 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 alluded to earlier, um, um, we have also a divine intervention here um and so um this um uh, could be considered a a special case from that angle okay the fourth point i think yeah i had said earlier five points i guess it's only four so um fourth point is how much corroboration is needed for the water and um you, you find in the books um, of uh, legal theory and hadith science a number of uh, opinions. Some said uh, all this was the view of Ibn Hazm, uh, sorry, five. Ibn Hazm said five. Some said seven. Some said ten. Some said um, um, uh, seven, seventy. Uh, there, uh, there has been a, a lot of speculation on this point, but what the verifying scholars, the muhaqqiqin, um, uh, concluded that is that there is no specific number. It rather it depends on the reliability of the witnesses. This is one. For example, if we have. Um, um, five very reliable witnesses, this might be enough to give you certainty. Whereas if we, you have five lower quality witnesses, this might not be enough. And also it depends on the um, content of the information which is being conveyed. So in other words, the uh, credibility threshold of the information. 
So for example, um, 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 if someone um, told us that it is um, snowing in Riyadh right now, we would probably need a lot more witnesses for that than if someone were to tell us that it is snowing in Antarctica right now. Okay, yeah. So, um, for example, um, yeah, miracles. Miracles are um, 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 kind of violations of the uh, natural course of events. So, um, the credibility threshold here would typically be higher unless of course you're you are an eyewitness you are actually seeing it happen but for people of later generations the credibility threshold is typically higher so you might not be convinced that a, a particular miracle happened unless um um you have many many people narration this in each generation. So related to this credibility threshold, if you think about it, you realize that um, antecedent beliefs and theological assumptions will play a role in this threshold. So for example, um uh if someone um um for example believes that the laws of nature nature are in 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 immutable then he will probably be skeptical of um um narrations about miracles, even if many people are narrating it to him. But actually not necessarily, but because, um, um, and actually uh, um, there are some um, people who have done this, they try to find, uh, I, I guess, um, 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 uh, among Christians and also among Muslims that um, they find a way to accept that this, um, uh, what seemed to be a miracle actually happened, but they find a way to explain it in, in terms of natural laws. So, for example, there was um, a news article which I read on BBC News a number of years ago, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. Uh, so there were some scientists who um, 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 came up with this theory that the parting of the waters from Moses, Prophet Musa salam, um, um, actually could have happened naturally by by a a um, 
confluence of um, uh, 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 certain um, conditions in the atmosphere and the related to the winds and uh, uh, and so on, that um, all the of all of these natural conditions could have converged to make the uh, this sort of parting of the waters possible naturally without any violation of natural laws. So, um, um, yeah, if someone didn't, does, does believe that the laws of nature are immutable, they might have a higher threshold of credibility, but they would not necessarily have to reject this miracle. Um, and also, of course, if we are talking about science, this is a bigger discussion. Um, and um, maybe if Ustad Bassam has not already has, had someone to discuss this, maybe he would have someone in, in, in the future, um, that how much certainty does, does science actually yield? Um, because we know, for example, that uh, scientific knowledge changes. Um, earlier um, theories are abandoned in the light of new information. Sometimes people d discover new uh, laws, for example, or new, new uh, and or come up with new theories. But anyway. Um, the point here related to the water is uh, how many how many um, um, narrations do you need to re reach the water? Um, your prior belief beliefs and your theological assumptions will play a role. So we talked about prior beliefs, and as example of. Theological assumptions. Um, for example, um, the, the Mu'tazila, uh, among others, um, um, had the belief that it is not possible to see Allah. And so, um, even though there are many, many hadith, which, according to many scholars, reached the level of mutawatir, um, because of this theological assumption or um, a belief of the um, uh, that Allah that it is not it it is impossible to see Allah because um, yeah because basically the Mu'tazila said that seeing involves light hitting a physical object and reflecting back in, into the eye, and Allah is not a physical object, therefore it is impossible to see Allah. And so these narrations about uh, that um, hadith narrations where the Prophet is saying that the believers will see Allah, um, the Mu'tazila said we have to 
figuratively interpret these narrations. But the Sunnis, on the other hand, um, uh, they said that uh, what the Mu'tazira said about seeing, this is one type of seeing. How do we know, how, how can we rule out that there's not another definition of seeing that applies to Allah? And so um, the the, the um, Sunnis generally say that um, um, we have to take this hadith literally, but the literal meaning of seeing for Allah is not about light hitting a physical object. Okay, the uh, picture on the right is related to this point. Um, how how many um, um, narrations do you need in order to re reach the the water? This is um, a um, this is similar to the um, what philosophers call the heap paradox or the bored man paradox. So. Um, um, if basically if a man has a full head of hair, is he bored? No, obviously not. If you remove one hair from this man's head, is he bored or not? No. If you, you remove two hairs, if he, is he bored or not? No. If you remove um 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 um, all his hair other than one strand of hair, can he be described as bald? Yes. So what is the dividing line? If you say that it is um, maybe um, if um, a person has less than 40 hairs, we, we can describe him as bored, maybe that you could say that. But now, what if, is it really, really that different if you add one hair to 40? In other words, he has 41 hairs. Is there really a perceptible difference? Or if you remove, remove one hair, 39 has. So there is an elusiveness involved here, but um, um, definitely um, um, if the man has a full head of hair, he is not bald, um, and he have, if he has no hairs at all, he is bald, but where is the divided Dividing line is it not clear, and it may depend on other factors. For example, how close are you to him? And similarly, um, um, if someone drinks one gulp of water, is this enough to quench his thirst? No, probably not. But if someone has drunk um, um, 10 glasses of water and he's saying 
his thirst is still not quenched, then we will not believe that because 10 glasses of water is enough to quench his thirst. So either this person is lying or he has some um, something wrong with him. Um, either a cognitive impairment or uh, some type, type of disease. So I, I think what the paradox is maybe trying to aim at, uh, Dr. Sahil, is, uh, and, and, and I guess, you know, with the analogies that you provided, is that, look, there will always be gray areas when it comes to uh, determining certain things, but that does not discount the fact that there are clear binaries, that there are clear cases. So just because we cannot come and pinpoint exactly at what at what stage does a person transition from being a bald man to not being a bald man, that doesn't mean that I do not have confidence when I actually see a very clear uh, example of a bald man, right? So, you know, the, 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 there, will always, there, there will be those clear binary cases and there will always be those gray areas that are open to debate, but that does not discount the fact that there are many clear binary cases that we should be confident to affirm. And someone cannot come and say, Oh uh, no! You can't say that this person is is bald until you tell me, until you resolve for me all the gray areas. No, that's Absolutely. that's nonsense. No one thinks that way. No one believes that you have to resolve the gray areas just in order to affirm what the clear cases are. Thank you. That is a, a, a very succinct um, um, statement of the main point here. Um, so, um, applying that to the water, yes, there are um, ambiguous cases. There are, uh, um, 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 in hadith, for example, there are hadith which are, uh, some scholars say are mutawatir, but others disagree. Um, but this does not change the fact that there are some un unambiguous cases of Tawatur, for example, the basic form of the Salah. Um, uh, the basic form of the Adhan, even though there are some disagreements regarding some details of the Salah and Adhan, um, um, and similarly the uh, uh, Uthmanic text of the Quran also. Uh, this text is Mutawatir. Okay. History of the water. Um, so this term the water, as, as, as Bassam pointed out in the beginning, is used across multiple di disciplines. This is used in uh, by this philosopher, the Arab philosophers. Uh, it is used by the theologians, the mutakallimin, by the usulis, the legal theorists, scholars of usul al-fiqh. Um, um, it is used also by the fuqaha um, and the scholars of ulum al-Qur'an, scholars of ulum al-Hadith, and even it comes up um, in... Um, 
usul al-nahw meta grana people like uh suyuti and others um uh, who, who wrote on usul al-nahw and the concept of tawatur in each discipline is not necessarily the same and this sometimes leads to confusion when people try to um uh, apply the hadith uh, concept of tawatur this concept of tawatur for from ulum hadith to, uh, to apply this to ulum al-quran to the qiraat qiraat for example um so the and we will we will we'll come to something about that inshallah later but um um basically coming back to the history so it seems that the arab philosophers imported this concept of tawatur from the greek empiricists who, who used it um 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 to talk about uh, knowledge of distant lands and knowledge of history for example um um uh, i have never been to china but i don't have any doubt that china exists because um 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 the um um number of um um testimonies about the existence of china um uh, um um in books and um oral testimonies people who have visited china and told me about it all of this together is reaches tawatur similarly about history um um we don't have any doubt that for example um 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 the battle of hastings occurred and that probably occurred in 1066 even though we were not there to witness it because um this testimony has been conveyed to us so um the uh empiricists and philosophers used the water um primarily to talk about knowledge of uh distant lands and knowledge of history but the um muslim theologians initially it was the mu'tazila adopted this concept and um refined it and developed it further and they applied it to transmission of religious texts quran and hadith uh, so there was uh, um, no um, uh, question about the Quran. There was no dispute among the Mu'tazila about the Quran. Um, but for the Hadith, they um, used the concept of Tawatur um, um, to kind of weed out Hadith, which... Um, 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 um were suspect so um if a hadith was not mutawatir 
then as we said um the water yields certainty so if something is not mutawatir it is it is not conveying absolute certainty and so there's a chance of errors and so especially if there's some reason to doubt the content of this hadith then it can be left aside on the basis of stronger evidence so that is um what the mu'tazila were doing um and then this concept was elaborated further by the scholars of usul al-fiqh islamic legal theory and um legal theory theory usul al-fiqh was heavily influenced by kalam kalam which is a specific um approach to theology which um started with the mu'tazila and then um uh, later on it um uh, was adopted by uh, others including um um uh, some um uh, uh, um sunnis uh, ash'aris and maturidis for example um so kalam had a strong influence on um usul al-fiqh and um um this is how the term and concept of tawatur find its way into usul al-fiqh and actually uh, you find many of the theological discussions uh, for example about the crucifixion of jesus um um you although these are theological issues you find um uh, many of the early usul al-fiqh books discussing these concepts because of the influence influence of kalam um also an another important point is that the maliki uh madhhab um tied this concept of tawatur in with the concept of amal amal which is um 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 practice or um massively a uh, transmitted practice which is an important source especially for the, the malikis and to some extent also for the hanafis um so you can see the parallels um i i believe for the malikis dr sohail uh specifically for the people of medina right exactly. amal ahl medina yes thank you for the malikis amal of ahl medina and for the uh, hanafis amal of uh big people of kufa in the early generations of the first few generations um so yeah you you can see the parallels um um in both cases we have um a massive number of people either um uh transmitting yeah massive number of people transmitting something in both cases the difference is uh for 
the usuli tawatur is usually, usually by verbal transmission, but for amal it is um, 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 transmission by practical demonstration. Um, so yeah, we find early Maliki usulis um, 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 explicitly making this connection between Tawatur and Amal, people like Ibn al-Qassarf uh, and others. Um, also, the scholars of legal theory did discuss Tawatur of the Qur'an as well. Um, and more on that um, coming up. Um, also, we can note that the Hadith folk, the Ahlul Hadith, were using the term, term Tawatur as a same semi-technical term to describe Hadiths which um, um, have multiple chains of transmission. Um, and then later on, Al-Khatib Al-Baghdadi, 5th Hijri century, um, uh, synthesized um, the Ulum um, al-Hadith, uh, Hadith science discourse with the Usul al-Fiqh discourse. He merged the two, and after that, um, um, uh, Tawatur as a not any more semi-technical but fully technical term became well established in the uh, circles of the Hadith scholars. But yeah, um, when you, we find people like um, uh, Imam al-Bukhari, Imam Muslim, using the word Tawatur, it is important to note that um, 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 it is not necessarily uh, ident and identical with um, um, the um, um, technical term of Tawatur used by the scholars of Usul al-Fiqh along with, with all its trappings and um, uh, caveats and um, uh, uh, details. Because, of course, people like um, Imam al-Bukhari um, were not part of this discourse. They were not, they were opposed to Kalam and they were not involved in the Kalami um, um, Usul al-Fiqh. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are, of course, Parallels, of course, the um, um, this concept of corroboration, even if you are not, you, you do not have any background in kalam or usul al-fiqh, it is a natural concept of corroboration. So even among the uh, ashabul hadith, who are generally opposed. To Kalam, they did have this concept that if you have more um, 
multiple chains of transmission, this increases the possibility of um, correctness. Uh, and I've uh, talked more about this in my dissertation, uh, which um, inshallah would will be released um, probably um, by next year uh, as a book. Okay, so this is a timeline. Um, um, so, 4th century BCE, we have the Greek empiricists um, um, who used um, um, this concept, the, although they did not um, use this name of the water, but it is the name, same concept. And then um, 8th century uh, common era, we have the Mu'tazili theologians, as we said, um, who adopted and developed and refined this concept. By the following century, um, uh, we have the, yeah, if not earlier, we have the Hadith folk using using the term in a semi-technical sense. By the 10th century, um, we have um, the legal um, theorists developing and refining, refining the concept of Tawatur. 10th to 11th century, we have the Tahrif debates about the um, alleged corruption of the text of the Quran, which we'll come to, and I think, on the next slide. Um, 11th century, we have Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi, who synthesized um, the usul um, al-fiqh um, into the ulum um, al-hadith. And also, in this century, we have the, the rise of the Quranic Isnad. Um, um, Ibn Salah, who died 1245, con common era, um, 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 raised the question of that are there any mutawatir hadiths or not? And this um, 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 drew a lot of um, uh, attention and debate and continued to be debated um, um, uh, over the over the centuries. Um, are there any mutawatir hadiths? If so, how how many and so on? Um, and another major development, Imam. Uh, um, a Suyuti who died fifteen oh five common era nine one one Hijri. Um, he was the first, uh, at least that we know of, to compile a collection of hadiths, uh, collection of mutawatir hadiths, uh, a book which is. Dedicated to mutawatir hadiths, or at least hadiths which um, the, the author believed were mutawatir. So, <clears throat> the next um, 
thing you, you want to talk about is Quranic Tawatur. We, we have just finished um, discussing the um, concept of Tawatur and um, something, something about his history um, in Islamic thought. And as you said, um, the most important um, or the importance of the water to uh, uh, Islamic um, thought is uh, primarily in two areas, Quran and Hadith. Um, so is the Quran mutawatir uh, um, uh, any Hadith mutawatir or not? Um, and why is this important? Because, as we said, the water conveys certainty. So, if something is certainly part of Islam, um, for example, um, if um, we know um, that um, this belief, for example, is established by the water, then uh, it is unquestionably a part of Islam, and so to reject it, to reject, to to reject it would be kufr. Um, because, uh, and yeah, so whether that is um, 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 something in the Quran or if even if it is a hadith, provided we are. Um, 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 satisfied that the hadith is mutawatir, and provided also that um, there is no um, um, no room for interpretation. Okay, so Quranic tawatur. Um, we need to talk about two dimensions of the Quran. The written dimension and the oral dimension. So the water of the text, the written text, and then the water of the qiraat, the uh, recitations or, or readings. So um, we start with the water of the text. So as you know, um, Uthman, radullahu anhu, um, um, had an official um, um, codex of the Quran distributed to um, some of the major um, uh, Muslim um, cities of that time, um, whether it was five or seven or more or less, there's some disagreement, um, um, some discrepancy in the narrations. But um, um, aside, from, aside from that, he uh, did do this, and his um, official version of the Qur'an was accepted by the public. So this is about a couple of decades after the death of the Prophet Sallallahu um, um, And then... Um, Al-Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, um, the infamous Umayyad governor, took further measures to, to, 
to enforce the codex and make, make sure that people were using only this official version of the Quran. Um, yeah, but before we get to that, um, um, coming back to Uthman, we know that actually Abdullah ibn Mas'ud um, did not want to give up his personal mushaf. Um, and so, um, is this problematic? Um, um, in terms of, yeah, um, because basically the um, um, argument here is that we are saying that Uthman's official copy of the Quran is Mutawatir. But what about the descent of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud? Uh, this does not really um, um, detract from um, the tawatir of the text of the Quran because, number one, um, what has been reported about the difference between Abdullah ibn Mas'ud's uh, Codex, his Mus'haf, and the Uthman's Mus'haf, um, there's not that much different. This, that is the first point. And the second point is that um, although Ibn Mas'ud did not want to give up his, his Mus'haf, he did not find fault with Uthman's copy. He did not try to prohibit people from using Uthman's copy, which he would have if there was something majorly wrong with it. Okay. Um, but in any case, the uh, um, recitations, um, kind of anonym, an anomalous recitations, um, uh, traced back to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, continue to be recited um, um, for quite some time, um, at least into the uh, fourth Hijri century. Okay, Come, now coming back to, uh, uh, moving forward to Al-Hajjaj, as you said, he took further measures to enforce the Codex of Uthman. Um, and it's as um, Nicolas Sinai has pointed out um, in a couple of um, his articles, um, Hajjaj's influence outside of Iraq was limited. And um, that an uncoerced attainment of acceptance probably played a significant role in ensuring the ultimate ascendancy of the canonical Rasm, in other words, the Uthmanic text of the Quran. In other words, um, 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 yeah, basically he is refuting those who claim that um, it was Hajjaj, who actually finalized the text of the Quran and um, um, uh, propagated it. 
that it was Hajjaj and not Uthman. So um, um, as Sinai has pointed out, um, um, Hajjaj's influence outside Iraq was limited. So even if we say that he could have forced people in in Iraq to use his version of the Quran, he would not have been able to do this for people outside of Iraq. And so as Sinai observes, it was probably more of an uncoerced attainment of acceptance um, 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 based on uh, the reputation of Uthman and probably um, the fact that um, 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 the Uthmanic text was um, um, uh, already conforming to, to the oral recitation of the Quran, which people were familiar with it, and so they uh, naturally accepted it, this text. Also, um, Michael Cook has shown that the variants attributed to the regional codices. Yeah, um, to the best of my knowledge, we don't have these original regional codices, the um, which were sent by Uthman to Mecca and to Kufa and so on. But uh, we have reports of the differences between these uh, code codices. So Cook has shown that these variants form a sema, sema that is consistent with these descending from a common art, art, archetype. And actually, Haytham Siddiqui has a, um, a more recent article uh, also on the, uh, where he has essentially proven the existence of these regional masahif. Um, Dr. Um, Sahel, uh, can you elaborate maybe a little bit uh, on, you know, what, what the word stena means? in case uh, some of our listeners don't know. Uh, yes, um, I could do that. If you want to do that, I, um, you're welcome. Uh, no, no, uh, please, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, I, will, I will give a, a kind of general explanation because this is not my, um, not in my area of um, uh, Special due or expertise, but this is related to um, uh, um, transmission of texts, and so you basically you, you gather um, uh, all the later versions of the text, and then you uh, try to um, uh, reconstruct um, um, the uh, original. That that is what. Um, uh, a stemma uh, um, um, uh, is um, is about right. Okay, and in addition to this, um, we have the cross-sectarian collective memory of the Muslims across the sects. Right. So we know that um, all Muslims, whether Sunni or Shi'i or even not, there, there are uh, 
there are and have been sects that are neither Sunni nor Shi'i. For example, the Hawarij uh, uh, and the Ibadis. And even within the uh, um, each of these sects, for example, within the Shia, we have the um, 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 we have the Zaydis, we have the Ithna um, Asharis, the Twelvers, we have the Ismailis, um, um, and um, at times um, there have yeah. All of these sects um, um, have disagreements, sometimes major disagreements, and at times they were even um, willing to fight each other based on this. But one thing they never disagreed on was the Quran. They All these sects use the same text of the Quran. Yeah, and I think you know that, that's that's remarkable, you know, because no sect tried to claim that. Oh no, this ayah was removed from the Quran, and this ayah supports the doctrines that we that we uh, adopt, and or any of these things. So, I mean, this is a very strong um, testament to, I guess, the the, yeah. the credibility of the Quranic transmission that no one even thought of. Uh, making the claim that some of the Quran may have been changed, uh, or or is missing, uh, or or try to even add their own verse in support yeah, yeah. of their own theological uh, group, and uh, the so I think that's quite uh, remarkable. Exactly. Although there is the um, um, issue of tahrif, which we are getting to, but um, yeah, for example, um, we we know we. There was fabrication of hadiths. Uh, uh, many people um, made up hadiths, but there was never anyone who tried to fabricate a verse of the Quran because it would immediately have been recognized because the Quran has a public presence and has always had a public presence in the uh, Muslim community. So if someone tried to um, invent their own verse and said, I, I have a verse of the Quran which no one uh, else has, he would immediately be recognized and condemned as a liar. Um, so yeah, um, all these um, sects and schools use exactly the same Quran, um, which is the uh, version of the Quran which was distributed by Uthman, um, uh, regardless Sunni or Shia, and among the uh, Shia, regardless Ithna Achari or Zaydi, um, if you go to Iran or you, you go to Indonesia or Saudi Arabia or Morocco, it is the same text of the Quran, which is the Uthmanic text. Okay, and to add to that, I didn't put this on the, the slide, but we also have material evidence. We, in the form of early manuscripts of the Quran uh, or pages of the Quran, 
which by um, radiocarbon dating um, can be dated very, very early, extremely early, um, um, uh, within a few decades of the death of the prophet. Uh, and for some of these, it is even possible because, of course, there's some uncertainty with this uh, technique of dating. So um, at the latest, a few decades after the prophet's death, and at the earliest, even possibly within the um, um, uh, life, lifetime of the prophet. So a number of years ago, um, th there was um, a lot of um, hype, and this uh, there was uh, this was in the news about the Birmingham manuscript, um, and uh, if you actually. Um, Look at that. I should have actually included a um, um, uh, in image of that. Um, um, in any case, um, if you look at the text um, of that, um, and of course there are no dots and, and no vowels, uh, but if you compare the skeletal text of that manuscript with the um, Quran we read today, which is printed today, it is exactly the same. Okay, so um, we we are um, uh, can have um, uh, very high um, confidence that the text of the Quran is mutawatir. Um, how about the oral dimension of the Quran? In other words, the Qira'at. So um, uh, for those who may not know, there are two types of Qira'a, two types of uh, oral readings of the Qur'an, the um, um, Mutawatir and the Shaf. Um, at least that is the terms which are usually used. Um, so there are those which um, have been widely recited in the early community, which are um, at least seven, and most scholars add another three to that to make it ten. And then there are those that are those that were either not that widely recited in the, in the early com community or um, that differ from the Uthmanic text. They have extra words or words omitted, for example. Um, so those are called shath, anomalous or irregular. So um, um, according to the majority of scholars, um, these, these anomalous readings should not be used in Salah. Um, and um, many scholars of Usul went even th further to say that um, um, these shad um, uh, transmissions of the Quran are not even considered Quran. Actually, among the scholars of Ulum al-Quran, they are usually more cautious. They do not um, uh, uh, 
categorically say this this is not Quran, but they say it is not uh, you should not use it in salah. Um, 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 but um, we do not categorically say that it is not Quran. Um, okay, so there are also um, another point. There are there are also isnats trains of narration for the Qur'at. So uh, those people who, are, who have ijazah for Qur'an, um, typically they will um, um, have to recite the Qur'an from memory to their teacher um, um, without um, 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 um uh, Mis mistakes or um, uh, sometimes a small small number of mistakes are permitted if um, um, you uh, uh, can correct yourself. Um, but basically, recite recite from memory uh, to the teacher, and then uh, also um, the recitation must be correct with correct tajweed, and then um, then the teacher will issue the this ijazah authorization um, to recite the, the Quran and to teach it to others and um, the ijazah document would typically include this chain of narration that um, the teacher will say I um, um, I recited the Quran from beginning to end from memory to my teacher who recited it to his teacher and the names of all of these teachers would be mentioned um, um, and so on and so forth um, um, until we get to Hafs, for example. So most of the Muslims today recite the Quran according to the read, reading of Hafs on Asim, which is one of the ten uh, famous Qur'at that I mentioned. Um, and then Hafs has his Isnad back to the Prophet So this is the Qur'anic Isnad. Actually, um, um, Ingrid Matson in her book, what is it, the story of the Qur'an, there's one chapter where um, she talked about the Isnad of the Qur'an uh, um, us. So, um, if you want a an introduction to this concept, please uh, consult that book. Um, so, this isnad can be divided into four parts. The part portion of the isnad from today back to Imam Ibn Al Jazari, uh, who was a famous. Um, 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 recite of the Quran and um, 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 his written books on um, the Qiraat and uh, other, other uh, subjects also. Um, so this portion of the Quran is without doubt mutawatir because there are literally thousands of isnads across the world today all going back to Imam Ibn al-Jazari. 
Um, so, so far, um, if we consider this portion, we have established the water of the Quran from Ibn al-Jazari up to today. But what about before that? Then uh, the next portion of the Isnad is from Ibn al-Jazari to the books of transmission, which were written earlier, like At-Taysir by Abu Amr al-Dani, uh, 5th Hijri century, uh, I think 444 he died, uh, um, Rawdat ibn al-Mu'addil and um, um, uh, other books, um, At-Sab'a by ibn, uh, ibn al-Mujahid ibn and others. So uh, ibn al-Jazari has a total of more than 1,000 isnads of his own going back to more than 50 of these early books, each of these, each, each of which he read with his teachers and his teachers read with their teachers in an un unbroken chain of transmission to the authors of all of these 50 plus books. So based on this, um, um, there can be little doubt that this portion of the Isnad also is Mutawatir. The next portion is from these books of transmission like At-Taysir, Ar-Rawda, Al-Sab'a, up to um, the eponymous reciters. So yeah, these famous seven or ten reciters are named after um, 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 specific um, Qur'an specific reciters who um, um, who um, publicly taught these um, readings. Um, so as I said, about 90% 90, 90 of the Muslim world recites the Qur'an today according to the reading of Hafs, who, who transmits from Asim. Asim is one of the ten famous reciters. In other words, Asim is one of the ten eponymous reciters, because the reading is named after Asim. Hafs is one of the transmitters. So Asim had many students. Hafs is one of them. And of the students um, of all of these 10 famous reciters, of course, they had many students, but two transmitters of each of these, um, um, two transmitters from each of these uh, eponymous reciters became famous. And, and roughly so, when did these eponymous reciters uh, live? Uh, how close to the Prophet's time? Um, roughly. Yes, so the earliest um, died, um, let's see, about 120 Hijri. Um, let's see, who is the earliest? Um, uh, yeah, because I, 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 I kind of just wanted the, the you know, the, uh, our listeners just to get a rough idea. So here, you know, we said Ibn al-Jazari is around 833, uh, is that died around 833? 
and the books of transmission were roughly speaking maybe three yeah, um, to four hundred years before Ibn al-Jazari, roughly. Um, and the eponymous reciters were roughly 100 to maybe 150, 200 years. Yes. Maybe, maybe not 200, uh, 100, maybe 250 years after, uh, yeah. after Hijrah. Yeah. Just to have so, that kind of in our minds. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the earliest um, of the eponymous recited died about 120 Hijri. Um, um, and the uh, books of transmission, as we said, are um, um, fourth and fifth century, many of them. Um, so, from 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 the books of transmission to the eponymous reciters, as we said, there are more than forty books. Each of these books has multiple isnads. So when you put all of this together, all of these books together, we can all, uh, uh, conclude that this portion of the isnad also is mutawatir, because we have. Uh, a large number of isnads um, 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 for each of these 10 recitations. The final portion of the isnad from the eponymous recitals back to the Prophet. We can divide this into two portions in terms of the content of the Quran. What what all the reciters agree upon, which is the majority of the Qur'an. We could say that this is also mutawatir. But what they disagree on, for example, Hafs recites Maliki uh, Maliki many other reciters like um, Nafi' recite Maliki Yawmiddin. So um, details like this also, uh, for example, how long is the mat? Ula'ika ula'ika. Also, some um, of the rules of tajweed. For example, um, uh, with ghunna or without ghunna, right? Um, um, there is sometimes disagreement on things like this. So these disagreed aspects, it, it is difficult to um, 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 claim that they are mutawatir, because if you look at the um, uh, isnads, uh, from the eponymous reciters back to, to the Prophet wasallam, there, there is only one person or at most a couple of people in each generation. This is not enough for Tawatur. But if, if you put the isnad of all of the eponymous reciters together, then you can make, as we said, a case for tawatur of what they all agreed on, because now we have multiple isnads. 
Okay, but is this problematic? It is not really prob problematic. Um, yeah, I'll skip to this slide. Because for one thing, as John Burton points out, um, even if you um, um, take into consideration all of the Qira'at, not only the canon, 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 canonical recitation, not only the, only the ten famous ones, but also the shawath, which, uh, as we said, the anomalous recitations, which according to some scholars should not even be considered Qur'an, even if you include them, there's no major difference in belief or practice which comes about um, 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 on the basis of any of these readings. Um, so, um, to add to that, we have to realize that there's not much original data from this early period, first two centuries of the Islamic era, there's not much um, that has uh, um, um, survived uh, in original manuscript. Um, um, for example, we are told that some of these early scholars uh, wrote books on Qiraat, for example, uh, Abu Ubaid al-Qasim um, had a book in which, in which he um, 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 detailed um, the he had the details of fifty different Qiraat, but this has not survived, um, and this is a um, perennial problem or recurring problem in uh, history or historiography, which is the case not only for Islamic origins, but also for other religions. Because there is a dearth of original data and sources. Um, and so the author of the readings from the eponymous reciters back to the prophet cannot be meaningfully studied, meaningfully studied in the way that is possible for later periods, for example, by collecting the is isnats. Nevertheless, there is a, a compelling aggregation of evidence that the oral Qur'an was ubiquitous among the early generations of Muslims. For example, um, the, in the text of the Qur'an itself, we have Yet Luna who Hakati Lavati. 
that the believers recite the book with this true recital. So definitely the Sahaba would have been careful to recite the Quran correctly. They would have also paid attention to uh, teaching the next generation to recite the Quran properly and correctly. Then also we have numerous numerous hadiths about the centrality of the Quran for the for the early Muslims. The Quran was the reason that um, um, many people accepted Islam, especially among the Sahaba. Uh, um, it was a devotional act. It is required to recite some of the Quran in Salah. It, there's a reward for reciting um, even one letter of the Quran. Um, um, so the early Muslims, um, the Quran was important to them. Then as William Graham um, observes, the oral sense of the Quran is the original. Remember, um, a lot of people in that time uh, in Arabia did not know how to read or write. They would learn the Quran or, uh, by hearing it and repeating after the teacher. Um, and then, uh, not long after the death of the Prophet, Umar radiallahu anhu established the collective taraweeh prayers in the masjid where the entire Quran would be recited over the course of the month of Ramadan, uh, probably more than once. So this establishes an early public oral presence for the Quran. Can can one also argue, Dr. Suhail, that there was no motivation, so to speak, to document any isnads uh, exactly. for these established readings during that time? Because, you know, uh, it's my understanding that, you know, the the, 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 one, of the one of the things that primarily spurred um, and, uh, you know, Mus you know, the early... Muslims to start documenting Athanid for for all these for the hadith is because they're seeing a lot of fabrications, uh, exactly. uh, you know, of hadith around them, and you know, and then they said to themselves, "Okay, this is becoming a problem. Uh, we need to uh, uh, find a way to verify uh, all these hadith that are being relayed uh, in all these different regions by all these different people." They saw that this was becoming a problem, and that ha this had to be contained through the Isnad system. But, you know, given that this was, uh, as you've clearly shown uh, uh, in the previous slide, that, you know, there were no serious contentions with the veracity of these massly transmitted um, uh, uh, qira'at uh, that were being recited in Taraweeh uh, and uh, were abiding by the 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 Uthmanic resim or the Uthmanic text, uh, uh, in terms of his, uh, in terms of his codex, that there really was no 
drive to even document the isnad. So that it, it, the question isn't, you know, uh, were they capable of doing so if they wanted to, but rather, was there any need for them to do so back at that time? And I think it, it, it's difficult for Muslims today um, to, to pro probably fathom that, because right now, as Muslims, we are so accustomed to the idea of the isnad system as an epistemic tool of verification that we feel what that we we forget that we should if we were to place ourselves back in that at that time especially the first hundred years uh, uh, after hijra that people uh, that if you were to even take that initiative people will look at you and say why why would you even do that exactly. and so I think that's something you know to 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 consider um, as well. There, there was one question I wanted to ask, uh, and I think this goes back to um, you, you made a dichotomy. You made the dichotomy that the qira'a was either mutawatir or shad, or an anomalous reading. Um, uh, and you know, when I looked at when I look at statements of early scholars on what the conditions are for a sahih reading, a sahih qira'a, their conditions were that, okay, it abides by the Uthmanic text, that it aligns with established Islamic uh, Arabic uh, grammar, and that there are sahih um, isnads uh, for the reading. And, and they didn't stipulate, they didn't stipulate that it had to be mutawatir. They just said, you know, is there a sahih isnad to this? Um, it, so is there a third category here uh, that, you know, uh, that, uh, can, can we say that, okay, these are Sahih qiraat, they're not shad, they're not necessarily mutawatir, yes, yes. they're not mutawatir in the sense of documented isnads, like in that hadithic sense. And I know you're going to clarify hadith and amal and manawi uh, uh, later on, perhaps, but uh, can we just say that this is a sahih, a sahih qiraat, which is neither mutawatir in that sense, nor shad uh, in that rejected sense? Yes, Barakalafik. So yes, what I said earlier was a simplification. And again, in my um this <clears throat> in my book I discusses this in detail. So um yeah, for example, Imam Suyuti in the Itqan um has um 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 broken it down into more more than five categories of Qiraat. And the um Term shad actually um, uh, at different points in history and, and by different scholars um, was used with different implications. Um, so at times it was used um, for something which did not conform to the Uthmanic texts. At times it was used for something um, um, which was not mutawatir. And uh, possibly other uh, other definitions also. So um, uh, the conditions uh, you mentioned the three conditions. Yes. So yes, um, the, there is some disagreement here also. So, um, uh, but it, what you, uh, basically what Imam Ibn Al Jazari um, um, uh, ended up with, um, and because of um, his um, um, expertise in this. Field many um, uh, scholars, scholars after him um, 
accepted this as the as the final word that um 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 the um that um the Qur'an must uh, conform to the Uthmanic Codex, as you said. Number two, it um, uh, um, could, should conform to Arabic gra grammar. Um, in other words, it should not have uh, grammatical errors. And number three, um, what Ibn al-Jazari um, um, ended up with, it, it should be should be mashhur, widely recited in the early community. Uh, in an earlier book, uh, I think, um, yeah, Munjid Mukhrin, he said Mutawatir, and then in the Nashr, he actually um, said, no, Tawatir is not a condition, but it should at least be mashhur. Uh, widely recited in the early community, even if not mutawatir. And there's some um, disagreement as to how to handle, how, what to make of this discrepancy between his two books. So there are some who say that Ibn al-Jazari changed his mind, that um, initially his thought that it must be mutawatir, and then he changed his mind and said, not necessarily mutawatir, but at least mashhur. Um, and then uh, there are some who say that, no, he didn't change his mind, um, um, but um, um, he kind of um, um, broadened the scope of what is acceptable uh, to include not just mutawatir, but also mature. But yeah, uh, as you were alluding to, um, there are other categories. For example, if it has a sahih isnad, uh, but it is not mutawatir, um, then um, some would say that, that this is classified as shad, but others would say that no, it is neither mutawatir nor but we should use a third term, which is um, 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 ahad. So yeah, uh, as I said, if you, um, um, I think the most expensive um, classification, um, most number of categories that I have come across is by Suyuti in the Itqan. Uh, I believe the Itqan has been translated. Um, um, I believe so, that Ahmed von Denver, or is that some, something else? No, that's, um, I don't think Ahmed von Denver has his, his own book on Ulum al Quran, but um, I think there's already a translation out there, and then Dr. Suhaib Saeed. Um, um, has been working on his own translation um, from what I heard from him that his existing translation uh, has some problems. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, in any case, let's move on. 
Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, there's an English translation by someone called Munir Farid. Munir okay. Farid. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, um, uh, if you um, actually uh, get hold of the English translation, make sure that it is actually a translation. Because once I came across um, a book which was titled um 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 whatever the per perfection in the sciences of the quran by suriyati but actually the content was not a translation of suriyati suriyati's book oh i see i see okay. so i'm not, not sure if this one munir buried is um the kind of fake itqan or uh it's um if that was by someone else. Okay. Um, yeah, I think there's another translation um, by a sister um, in the UK. Aisha, I think Aisha uh, something. I, I think hers is actually the Khan. Okay. Um, so yeah, as Ustad Bassam pointed out, um, there was not really a need to um, uh, verify the Quran via Isnad. And it was only in the 5th Hijri century, 11th uh, Common Era century, that um, um, we have the rise of the Quranic Isnad and um, um, the application of um, this term mutawatir to um, uh, the Quran. So before this time, it seems there was a reluctance to use the term, um, despite or perhaps perhaps precisely because this term was already used in hadith. And mm -hmm. the scholars were aware of a qualitative difference <clears throat> mm -hmm. between transmission of the Quran and transmission of the hadith. So uh, long story short, um, the Quranic Isnad emerged much later. In the earlier period, there was no need for it. And so it is mis misleading to rely on the Quranic Isnad as a means for ascertaining the Tawatur of the Quran. Rather, the Quranic Isnad is a type of sampling of the ubiquitous oral tradition. So, for example, um, um, Imam Nafi, one of the eponymous reciters, although we, um, if you look at the actual isnad in the ijazas uh, of Quran which we have today, the actual isnad from Nafi to the Prophet is only one person in each generation. But we know that, uh, for example, from the biographical accounts and so on, that Imam Nafi' had over, over seven, 
70 teachers of Quran. Yeah. Okay. So um, the Quran can be considered mutawatir back to the Prophet, but only in a general sense that the Quran has always had a solid, ubiquitous oral presence, not down to the smaller details. And Sunni scholarship, particularly within Ulum al-Quran, those who were experts in the Qur'at, they have shown an awareness of this. But um, when you come to the those who are not necessarily experts in the Qur'at, you find um, kind of um, 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 lack of awareness of this and kind of um, insistence on that even the smaller details of the Qur'an are mutawatir and so on. So we, you find kind of exaggerated views among the non-specialists. Okay, before we move on to hadith, um, we have referred to the tahrif doctrine a couple of times earlier. So um, what was this? Tahrif, um, uh, which essentially means um, corruption or distortion. So um, this was the view that emerged that the Qur'an has undergone tahrif. When did this uh, doctrine emerge? Uh, we don't know for sure, but uh, it seems that, yeah, it may have emerged early. Within the first century, there's some uh, reference to it in um, 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 uh, um, a text transmitted from the first century, um, uh, although the um, authenticity of the text has been um, um, uh, um, debated by some. Um, but it's even if it was pre present in the late first century, um, regardless of that, it seems it only um, um, came to prominence in the late third century, which we have uh, the Imam al-Hadi, uh, the Zaydi Imam, uh, condemning this belief, which he attributes, attributes to some of the 12 Shia. Um, so Imam, Imam al-Hadi uh, died um, late um, third century, I believe, around 290 Hijri or so. Um, and then definitely um, in the um, next century and into the um, beginning of this fifth century, we have ample attestation 
that this view uh, was present among the 12 Shia. Um, uh, there were um, debates going on between uh, these those 12 Shia who held this view on one side and on the other side, the uh, Sunnis and the Mu'tazili scholars, people like Imam al-Baqillani, the Ash'ari, um, a famous Ash'ari Maliki scholar, um, and his uh, the first in image on the left is his book um, an Intisar, which he wrote um, 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 in response to this um, doc doctrine of Tahrif. Next to that, there's um, um, the book Al-Mughni by Qadi Abdul Jabbar, the famous Mu'tazili scholar. They were contemporary. Um, he was a contemporary of Baqillani. Uh, Mughni is a multi-volume theological work, but uh, a, a, a major part of one of the volumes is uh, devoted to um, refuting the notion that the Quranic uh, texts have been changed. Um, so yeah, what 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 ex exactly were these um, uh, 12 Shia claiming? They were claiming that um, uh, some of the Quran has been lost. They did not deny that uh, the rest of the Quran, which we have and which they, as well as other Muslims, recited in Quran, in Salah and so on, that this is uh, uh, authentic and that this is a binding source of uh, belief and practice and ethics. But they, and but they didn't. But they didn't. So they didn't claim that anything was falsely added. They just claimed that yes. some, some things were missing. Yes, they didn't claim that anything was added, nor that anything was changed in the Uthmanic text. But they claimed that there are some verses that um, uh, didn't make it into the Uthmanic text. So there was a um, fierce debate uh, between the proponents of that view and the majority. Um, uh, and eventually, um, um, even among the 12 Shia, this view of Tahrif was sidelined. For example, a Sheikh al Mufid, um, um, famous um, 12 Shia. Uh, theologian and um, scholar, contemporary of Baqillani and Qadi Abdul Jabbar, uh, uh, he initially was uh, kind of wavering on um, whether um, there is some of the Quran which um, is uh, uh, was revealed to the Prophet but did not make it into the Uthmanic text. But after these. Uh, um, um, Debates and discussions, he concluded that that was not the case and that the Uthmanic texts could represent the complete Quran. Uh, 
and this um um yeah as um i agree here with professor hussein mudarisi who says that this was the original 12 view that the quran is complete and then in the middle probably late third century some of the 12 shia came up with with this view that some of the quran is is missing um but then um 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 even that view uh, did not gain currency and the um uh, then the 12 shia reverted to the original view original shia view that um the quran is indeed complete um and this is the view which uh, continues to be held today by the overwhelming majority of Shi'i theologians. Um, um, and um, 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 there, uh, to this day, there are Shi'i, 12 Shi'i scholars who, um, uh, who are writing books um, uh, defending the integrity of the Qur'an. Uh, among them, Ayatollah uh, Abu Qasim al-Khui, in his Muqaddimah uh, to his tafsir, he has um, um, refuted um, the view of those 12 Shia who uh, claim that the Qur'an is incomplete. Um, Yeah, the uh, third in image from the left um, is um, a cover of the book Faslul Khitab Fi Tahrifi Kitabi Rabbil Arbab, which is um, which is a later book. Um, uh, what what is the name of the author? Um, Tabarisi, yes. Tabarsi, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a bit small. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tabarsi, actually, there were, were many scholars by the name Tabarsi. This is one of them. Um, so he wrote this book. Translation of the title um, is the decisive statement concerning the. Um, um, uh, distortion um, of the book of the Lord of all the Lords, in which he is supporting this minority uh, 12 Shia view that um, there were there are parts of the Quran missing. So uh, from time to time, um, 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 among certain, um, 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 for example, Akhbari, uh, branch of the 12 Shia, you do find resurgence of this view, but uh, it remained a marginal view across history. And as you said, um, the vast majority of Shia scholars, and according to Professor Mudarisi, this was the original, original um, 12 Shia view that the Quran is indeed complete. So um, the concept of Tawatur was central to these uh, discussions about um, uh, and the refutations of 
Tahrif, Sunni and Mu'tazili refutations. And as we um, um, just mentioned, this was uh, a huge success, success and resulted in uh, the view of Tahrif effectively becoming sidelined. Okay, I think we can ready to um, to move on to the Walturan Hadith. Okay. So, um, I mentioned to you earlier that um, um, we have the early Hadith folk who are um, uh, mostly opposed to the Kalam approach to theology. Um, so more on these early Hadith folk, their epistemology was Isnad-based and they were typically opposed to Kalam. Uh, they were more concerned with emulation emulu, 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 of tradition following the um, uh, pious predecessors. Um, but they did show an awareness of gradation of truth values. For example, Imam Shafi, in his book Al-Risala, on Usul al-Fiqh, he um, devised knowledge into Ilm al-Amma and Ilm al-Khasa. Ilm al-Amma, um, public knowledge, and Ilm al-Khasa, um, uh, basically knowledge of specialists. So, um, Ilm al-Amma um, is effectively if equivalent to the highest level of tawatur. So even though Imam al-Shafi does not use the word tawatur, we see that he was aware of this concept that there are um, um, there is a gradation of um, truth values. And similarly, um, uh, uh, as I have written about, you find this indications of this awareness in uh, from what other, um, among other uh, um, um, uh, early hadith folk. Um, then we have this other group, the Usuliyin, the legal theorists, scholars of Usul. Of course, in particular in later times, you have people that were members of both groups. But um, at least initially there was this dichotomy. But so the legal theorists generally embraced Kalam and um, uh, they inherited from the uh, early Mu'tazili scholars of uh, Kalam 
a wariness or even sometimes skepticism towards hadith. And related to this, they were more concerned than the hadith folk with gradation of truth values, whether this hadith conveys certainty or not, whereas the early Ahlul Hadith were not really concerned whether this hadith conveys certainty or not, as long as it is sahih, they would say that we accepted this. Okay. Then eventually, uh, there was a kind of triumph of rationalism that led to the Hadith folk accepting the term Tawatur. And as I said, it was not really um, alien to their uh, um, uh, to their to the concepts with which they had. So it is not really um, the fact that they accepted the the term Tawatur Maybe from the, the concept just got systematized a bit more exactly. formally. Yes. So it is not correct to say that they uh, were selling out by accepting this concept because it is in line with concepts they already had. And um, as Ustad Bassam um, is pointing out, um, it is um, um, uh, Maybe they realized that the scholars of Kalam and Usul have um, kind of systematized and re refined these concepts with which the uh, uh, Hadith already had. Okay, so eventually Ahlul Hadith accepted the ta term Tawatur and later, um, 8th century Hijri, Actually, um, uh, Hafid ibn Taymiyyah uh, used, turned this back on the um, 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 scholars of the Kalam and um, 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 used it as, uh, uh, used the Watur as an argument against, uh, against the Kalam folk who had actually uh, come up with this concept originally. Okay, application of the water to hadiths. So, um, are there any mutawatir hadiths? It depends who whom you ask. Hafiz ibn Hibban, for example, said, there are no mutawatir hadiths. Ibn As-Salah uh, said um, that um, um, I'm trying to remember his statement. Sam, do you remember how he expressed this in his uh, muqaddimah? Basically, he was saying that um, the definition, um, uh, if we apply the definition of mutawatir uh, in practice, um, 
it is doubtful that any hadith satisfy this definition, except possibly one hadith, which is the hadith man kadaba alayya muta'amid muta'amidan fal yatabawwa maqadahu min al-nar. Whoever deliberately lies against me should seek his place in the hellfire. So basically Ibn Salah is saying that there are probably not any mutawatir hadiths, but if there is any hadith which is mutawatir, it is this one. But um, um, this view of um, uh, Ibn Hibban and Ibn Salah um, was not Unanimous, unanimous, we unanimous, unanimous. We we have some scholars labeling hadith as mutawatir before Ibn al-Salah and after. So definitely be beyond doubt, in the sixth Hijri century, we have people like Qadi Ayad, the Mali. Scholar um, um, labeling a number of hadiths um, um, as mutawatir. Um, this is um, um, in his book, book Ash Shifa, and possibly elsewhere as well. Um, so, definitely the um, latest date for this is. 6th Hijri century, but even in the previous century, 5th Hijri century, we have Ibn Hazm labeling the hadiths about wiping on the hoofs as mutawatir, and the hadiths about raising the hands, in the salah as mutawatir. Ibn Abdul Bar, um, for the Adhan being mutawatir, and um, um, he said that ending the prayer with one or two taslims, both of mutawatir, and, and uh, among others, uh, other, among other examples, in his Tamheed, and possibly even as early as the fourth century with Al-Hakim and Naif Saburi. Okay, and as part of my PhD research, I um, uh, compiled, um, um, uh, actually I didn't don't compile this statistic, but I used the um, 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 the book of um, uh, Muhammad Jafar al-Kattani, um, um, in which he um, uh, traced the scholars who, uh, across history, who labeled hadiths as mutawatir, um, and that was the basis of his book, Nazm uh, al-Mutawatir, um, which contains over 300 hadiths, um, which are um, 
according to, to at least one scholar considered Mutawatir. So um, we see that um, uh, there were scholars across the schools um, labeling hadiths as Mutawatir. This is showing the Sunni uh, schools, but even among the Shia, we have um, uh, Shia scholars labeling hadith as mutawatir. Um, and you see, particularly um, um, among the, the Malikis, this is very prominent, which is understandable, given the connection to Amal, which we mentioned earlier. So, Dr. Sahil, uh, the, the, uh, on the vertical axis, uh, is this number of number hadith being declared? Number, um, number of, um, let me see. Um, so, is it number of hadith being declared mutawatir, or is it number of scholars uh, uh, that made the declaration? To, let me try to remember. Um, I believe this graph is in your upcoming book, correct? Yes, inshallah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, okay. I don't quite remember. I, I think it is number of scholars yeah. in each generation, in each century. Okay. Number of scholars who label one or more hadith as mutawatir. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, Imam Suyuti is the first person we know of to compile a, um, a collection of had, uh, ex exclusively mutawatir hadiths. His book contained 112. Um, and um, I just mentioned Muhammad ibn Jafar al-Kattani, whose book contained 310. Um, in between those two, we have uh, Salih ibn Mahdi al-Maqbali, who was, um, um, his original training was Zaydi Shi'i, and then he started to read the Sunni books, and he ended up um, kind of um, in, 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 in between, um, um, he, he, he embraced some, some uh, Sunni views and um, yeah, um, so he basically um, 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 was practicing his own ijtihad and so he um, um, retained some uh, Zaydi's views, and he, um, uh, which is uh, where he thought the evidence is stronger for that. And but he embraced some Sunni views um, because uh, um, of the uh, what he felt was stronger evidence. So yeah, there is a story um, that uh, once once he was in. Um, um, yeah, when he was still in Yemen, he used to pray with Qabd, with one hand over the, over the other, 
And so some of these Zaydites called him Nasabi. Um, um, and then um, and then when he went to Mecca, um, one time the Imam did um, sujood of tilawa in the salah, uh, and according to his according to Maqbali's ijtihad, which is also the Zaydi view, uh, you should not do the sujood of uh, the prostration of recitation if you recite this verse in the Quran. And so even though the Imam went down to, for sujood, he remained standing. When the, when the salah was over, some somebody came to him and say, said to him, you are a shaitan because you did not did not do sujood. So he said, in Yemen, I'm, I'm, I'm Nasabi, in, in Mecca, I, 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 I am a shaitan. I can't, I can't win. Okay, in any case, uh, Al-Maqabali uh, compiled um, um, his own collection of Mutawatir um, hadiths, um, and he, he his list contained 156. Um, it is a small risala, Al-Masabih fil Al-Hadith Al-Mutawatira, which is... Um, published um, um, in a collection of his writings. Um, I think the collected volume is called Al-Abhath Al-Musaddada. Okay. Um, so as we can see, there is um, uh, quite a lot of disagreement among the scholars of Hadith as to how many um, Hadith are actually mutawatir, and even if um, we get um, agreement that a particular hadith is mutawatir, um, um, that does um, that is not the end of the story because um, um, even if a hadith is mutawatir, um, a given scholar might still not act on it. And I identified um, five reasons uh, for um, five possible reasons why a scholar, a given scholar, might diverge from a mutawatir hadith. Man, one, man, number one, abrogation. Um, for example, many scholars that said that the hadiths about uh, the necessity of make, making wudu after e eating cooked food, these hadith are mutawatir. But this is abrogated because there are also many hadith um, um, uh, about the opposite that you do not have to make wudu after e eating cooked food. So if we can prove that a mutawatir hadith is abrogated, then you will not act on it. Number two, amal uj uj ijma'. So um, as we uh, saw 
a number of scholars like Ibn Hazm said that the hadith about raising the hands before and after ruku in salah are mutawatir, but the hadith Hanafis do not act on that. Why? Because of amal. Um, because the widespread practice in Kufa was not to raise the hands before and after ruku. And so the Hanafis considered this to be stronger than the um, uh, individually narrated hadith. And similarly, um, this is one arg argument within the Maliki, Maliki school, uh, although some Malikis do, um, dispute that, but uh, uh, at least some of the Malikis argue that saddle, to, to leave the hands by the sides when praying, was the amal of the people of Medina. And so um, that is stronger than the hadith which are narrated about putting one hand over the other, folding the hands. As um, yeah, this, this is related to, to the strength of amal, which as we say, as we said, is similar to tawatur uh, as the Sheikh of Imam Malik, uh, Sheikh Rabia, commented. Uh, he said to one of the um, um, uh, Hadith folk that you people of Hadith uh, um, transmit one person from one person from one person from the Prophet. But the Amal of the people of Medina is thousands of people transmitting from thousands of people in the previous generation, transmitting from thousands of people before them from the Prophet. But yeah, of course, these uh, issues are uh, remained controversial within uh, among the scholars. So um, um, you cannot um, 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 sit decisively that say that um, uh, one position or the other is definitely invalid, uh, at least from my point of view. Number three, sometimes they leave aside, scholars leave aside um, 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 a mutawatir hadith based on legal reasoning. For example, the Kharijis did not accept uh, the hadith about Rajam, st stoning for um, married um, people who commit adultery, um, because they said um, um, it is, um, uh, for example, contradicting the Quran and, and so on. But um, actually, um, um, are the hadith about Rajam Mutawatir or not, uh, that itself is disputed. And uh, from what I recollect, um, according to the majority, they are not Mutawatir. Um, number four, and yeah, similarly, uh, for number three, we, you might, be, might find other 
examples um, um, where the Hanafis or, or Malikis, for example, leave, leave aside particular hadith based on um, um, legal reasoning. For example, the hadith about um, um, Al-Qadha bi shahidin wa yameen, about the judge um, uh, issuing a verdict. If there are not two witnesses, then based on one witness and an and oath um, and numerous other issues um, um, uh, as um, um, which were, for example, listed by Ibn al-Qayyim in, uh, in uh, Alam al-Waqi'in. Um, <clears throat> Okay, number four, theological reasoning. For example, the Mu'tazila um, did not accept the hadiths about um, uh, intercession for people who had committed major sins without and died without repenting from them. Um, um, yeah, again, you could um, uh, debate whether the hadith are mutawatir or not, but uh, even a they are mutawatir. Um, uh, the Mu'tazili response here would be that this um, um, uh, based on um, theological principles which which are rational principles which are stronger than um, 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 individually transmitted hadiths. It does not make sense according to the Mu'tazila for um, um, someone who committed murder for example and died without repenting from it it does not make sense for them to make to be forgiven and so for the Mu'tazila these hadiths about intercession have to either be rejected as contradicting um, um, common sense or uh, interpreted in some way. Um, for example, I think Qadi Abdul Jabbar suggested that um, it means that uh, uh, the people who uh, committed the major sin and the re then repented, they will benefit from the intercession of the Prophet um, um, for their repentance to be accepted. Okay, whereas the Sunnis accepted this hadith at face value. So basically, um, according to um, 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 the um, 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 dominant Sunni opinion, there were only a handful of dissenters. Um, um, someone who um, died without repenting from, from a major sin will not be eternally in hellfire, whereas according to the Mu'tazilis, uh, such a person would be eternally in hellfire. But according to, to the um, uh, Sunnis, such a person, uh, even if he is punished for some time in hellfire, eventually through intercession, he would be brought out and uh, um, enter uh, paradise. And finally, uh, number five, 
Kesh, Kesh, right? A kind of unveiling, spiritual unveiling. This is not that common, but for example, the uh, Sufi um, mystic Ad-Dabbar um, uh, rejected the hadiths about splitting of, of the Prophet's chest based, based on cash. In other words, he claimed that Allah kind of uh, showed him uh, through spiritual insight that these hadiths are not true, that this never happened. Okay, so... Um, I think this is last but one slide. So, um, the Watur is a powerful concept that underwent sophisticated elaboration and application at the hands of Muslim scholars. The seeds of this concept are from human intuition. As we said, uh, even the Greek empiricist talked about it, and even before the Greek empiricist, um, 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 I'm sure people were aware of this concept of co corroboration. So, um, yeah, I guess the Greek, Greek empiricist um, um, sowed these seeds initially, and um, uh, or you could say um, uh, the rationalist Muslim theologians, the Kalam folk, sowed them, and then um, this plant was nurtured by diverse folk, theologians, uh, the theologians legal theorists, Usuliyin, philosophers, Hadith folk and others. And then this was harvested in service of um, the religious text, Quran and Hadith. So I saw the Quran has been amaz amazingly preserved and um, the Rasm, the Texts of the Quran, at least the skeletal text, can very confidently be dated to Uthman's time. Um, and the oral tradition is mutawatir in a broad sense. But uh, some of the um, finer details of the Qur'at and um, words where the Qur'at uh, differ from each other, these finer details we cannot we cannot insist on with the water. But as you saw, this does not really um, 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 affect the core um, 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 beliefs and practices of Islam, um, and. Um, 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 it, it is not, um, uh, uh, and therefore should not be considered problematic.
Then Tawatur of Hadiths, I, I think I alluded to this earlier, it is worth highlighting it again. Tawatur of Hadiths is at a lower level than Tawatur of the Quran. So, so there's no Hadith which is as widely transmitted as the Quran. Which is why the scholars differed as to whether there are any mutawatir hadiths. Uh, and, and so, um, most of the hadith, um, I think we could safely say that most of the hadith are not mutawatir, and then there are a smaller number of hadith which are considered mutawatir according to many scholars. But most of the hadith, um, if not all, um, they give us, provided they are sahih, they give us, give us confidence rather than full certainty. Um, probabilistic knowledge is the term that Sheikh Musa Faber uses in his translation of um, the Warakat. Um, probabilistic knowledge, a, a hadith ahad conveys dhan um, rajih, which is probabilistic knowledge, which is short of full certainty. Some people are troubled when they find this out, but you should not be troubled, troubled because if we think about it, most of human knowledge is probabilistic. There's very little of our human knowledge, whether religious or not, which is absolutely certain. And we make decisions every day based on knowledge which is less than certain. If the doctor prescribes a medicine for you, is this certain? Is his diagnosis certain? No, probably not. Even if the diagnosis is certain, as it may well be in certain some cases, maybe, maybe many cases, is he certain that this medication will help you? No. Yeah, the most, but, you know, the, the most important thing is to be justified in accepting, um, you know, uh, a, a certain uh, claim, uh, especially in the absence of any, uh, you know, uh, reasonable defeater. I mean, you know, even when you're, you know, even in a in a court of law, right? The lawyers are always telling the jury, you know, in the absence of reasonable doubt, not just doubt. Period. In the absence of reasonable doubt, you're supposed to reach a certain verdict, right? And so the the same claim here, you know, uh, if there is no reasonable, uh, there's no good reason to doubt a certain report when it's already been transmitted by people who are deemed to be trustworthy. Uh, then you are justified um, in 
in accepting that report, especially if there are no um, uh, factors that will call into question the reliability of the you know uh, of these reports. And I believe you know, and, and this could this could obviously extend to a further discussion that you know even with these um, ahad ahadith, you know, uh, several scholars would still elevate it to the status of uh, providing. Uh, certain knowledge, if there are certain qara'in or indicating factors that support the establishment of these uh, hadith. So if you even even if you have a hadith that are not backed by, you know, mutawatir isnads, but if, for example, they are accepted, you know, by the ummah, for example, as being established and as being correct in meaning, even if they are a had, that kind of elevates the status and credibility of uh, of those ahadith, and so you know it, it goes back to that uh, heap paradox, you know uh, that you, that you mentioned uh, in the beginning. You know, just you sometimes you just know that this is something that um, is is uh, certain uh, certain to accept, and in the absence of any reasonable doubt, in the absence of in the absence of any reasonable or as you said here, compelling reason to doubt this report. Um, you know, there there is no uh, there is no uh, justification. There's no epistemic justification to call it into question. So uh, at the end of the day, are we justified to accept something? And I think that's the primary uh, that that that's the primary question. And and, and the concern is that with Several Muslims, you know, that for you know, for, once they get accustomed to a certain epistemic standard, it becomes psychologically difficult at times to lower your standard, and at the same so same time, still say you're you you're you're reasonably confident in the uh, uh, uh in the in the veracity of what it is you're accepting. So we have a very high standard for the Quran, and then there are certain ahadith that. You know, are below that, but we're still very confident uh, about their veracity. And then when we go a bit below that, uh, people start to feel uneasy. Oh, uh, why am I always lowering my standards? But at the end of the day, you could have a very broad uh, range of you know standards whereby you are justified in accepting it. So the Quran will, will probably be at the very top, and then within that range, you may have Sahih Ahad Hadith. Where you're still justified to accept them, uh, ab absent any compelling reason not to, um, and so it, it's it, it's just you know uh, I guess how you frame it and how you want to approach it uh, 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 is what is what is essential, and uh, you know I think uh, you know for for many they struggle with that, but you know once we think about this a little bit more carefully and get educated better uh, about it, um, I, I think. The, you know, it's it's quite straightforward. Thank you. Dr. Sohail. I mean, this was a, a very educational... Um, oh, please, yeah, yeah. We have a couple of points. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Sort of on the slides, um, I, could, I could quickly wrap up. Um, so, yeah, as Saad Bassam said, number one, um, 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 we um, we should have um, um, 
justifiable reason to accept something, which if you look at the standard of the hadith scholars, um, if there is a sahih hadith, um, 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 and you, if you look at what um, the standards for that are, uh, the um, uh, rigorous standards, um, 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 I would say that um, th that is justification for accepting it. Again, as you said, in the absence of any ind indication to the contrary. Um, so that is one point. Um, um, and even if that is not full certainty, um, at least it is enough confidence to base action on. Um, the um, next point on the slide, if something is coming only from a hadith, a person is not excommunicated for denying it. In other words, you cannot um, uh, uh, accuse the person of kufr, um, even if some or many scholars have claimed that hadith to be mutawatir. But you, you notice the emphasis, emphasis on only, only from a hadith, because sometimes there is something mentioned in the hadith, but that is not the sole basis for it. For example, the um, number of um, um, uh, number of prayers in a day uh, and um, yeah, number of prayers in a day and number of rakas of each prayer um, there are some hadith about this but um, um, uh, it would be difficult to claim that these all these narrations are mutawatir um, and even if um, you uh, um, uh, if some a particular scholar has said that they are mutawatir, as we said, uh, mutawatir in hadith is lower than mutawatir of the Quran. Uh, but in this case, um, this information is not coming only from the hadith. It is coming off also from the mutawatir amal. Mutawatir consecutive intergenerational practice. And so if someone denies that the number of prayers in uh, a day is five or that um, 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 Fajr is Turaka, the theologians uh, would indeed pronounce Kufr on, on that person. So if something something is coming only from a hadith, we should be um, um, uh, hold back from um, regarding someone as careful for denying it. Um, but as we saw, sometimes there's something in a hadith, but the same information might also uh, be attested in the Quran or in mutawatir um, amal. But in any, any case, to pronounce kufr is not the concern of the average Muslim. It, it is the concern of the scholars, and there are very rigorous standards for this. And finally, there are, uh, 
in spite of this controversy of over Mutawatir hadiths, um, and in spite of the fact that even um, if we say there are Mutawatir hadiths, as many scholars have, um, uh, the uh, level of Tawatir uh, and hadith is epistemically lower than the Tawatir of the Quran and the uh, Amal. Um, nevertheless, there are a good number of hadiths for which there is a huge number of, m number of isnads. Actually, I um, maybe should have um, um, brought some examples. Um, um, uh, uh, Dr. Ahmad Hashim actually has shared with, with me um, um, his isnad di diagram of um, um, the hadiths about unzil al Quran ala sab'ati ahruf. And the, um, if you look at that diagram, it is mind boggling how, how many isnads there are. Uh, similarly, if you look at the hadiths um, about wiping on the hoofs, um, many, many hadiths. So it would be unwise to deny the historicity of things like this without a compelling basis. And actually, even the, for example, the Mas'hal al-Khufayn, um, 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 the uh, most of the non-Sunni schools do not accept this. And even among the Sunnis, um, there was some disagreement, but uh, even the, the dissenters, those who say that it is not valid to wipe on the hoofs, they do not deny that the Prophet did this. But typically they claim that this was abrogated by the verse of the Qur'an. So they are not denying the historicity of this. They are departing from the mutawatir uh, based on legal reasoning. So, yeah, so of course the Sunnis claim that um, 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 the, uh, the verse of the Quran is not abrogating this and they cite some evidence uh, to support this. So yeah, I, I mean, I practice al-masr myself, but um, definitely I am convinced that it is not a matter of iman and kufr. You cannot accuse someone of kufr if he does not accept this practice. Okay, and this, that is all I have. Okay, great. Barakallahu uh, Dr. Sahil. Um, you know, this was a very educational and uh, informative presentation, and I think it put a lot of things into perspective when it comes to this subject. And I don't think your presentation is only relevant for students of knowledge, but the average religious layperson, uh, religious Muslim layperson as well. This is because many Muslims like to take pride in the fact that the Qur'an and Sahih Hadith are preserved. And they often contrast Islam with 
religions such as Christianity when it comes to the preservation of religious scriptures. And when doing so, the notion of tawatur is frequently brought up. So this presentation will prove uh, very useful for many lay Muslims as well. So thank you once again for this uh, very uh, val valuable uh, contribu uh, contribution. Um, I just have one question before I let you go. Uh, in light of your presentation, what, what advice would you give to students of knowledge um, who would like to better understand the notion of tawatur according to different Islamic disciplines? Um, are there any notable works that you'd recommend? You know, it could be classical or contemporary. Thank you. And uh, before that, thank you for, for that comment. And I definitely strongly agree. So actually often um, um, you find people who are, are having a crisis of faith based on some obscure hadith. So no, no need for crisis of faith. Simply leave aside that that hadith um, um, and you can still, still be a Muslim, say Allah knows best. Maybe, the, maybe this hadith is, um, there is a mistake made by one of the narrators, maybe is a, has a context, no need to leave Islam based on um, uh, a problem which you have with one, one particular hadith. Uh, okay, and then uh, your question about books, yes. So in, in Arabic, um, I think one of the, the best books I have found is by Mullah Khatir, I think Abdul Rahman Mullah Khatir. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the, the exact title of the book. Um, um, and then in English, um, there is a recent in English translation of the Azhar Azhar Mutanatira, um, which is Suyuti's um, um, compilation of Mutawatir hadiths. So that could be useful to get an, an, an idea of um, some of the hadiths which might fall into this category. Although um, a number of the uh, examples Suyuti included here were um, later uh, questioned and uh, disputed um, by other scholars. But um, there are many uh, of the hadith which are not that controversial um, also. Um, so that is one book in English. And I um, made reference to my own, own book on Tawatur, um, uh, which um, inshallah um, um, is under contract with and Edinburgh and Edinburgh University Press, which will probably be published um, sometime next year. Well, well, we'll keep an eye out for it, inshallah ta'ala. And uh, I want to thank you uh, again for for this uh, uh, very informative and educational presentation. And uh, any final words before we we end this recording? No, thank you for um, um, suggesting this to me, and thank you for hosting, hosting, hosting me, and 
thank you for your helpful comments and clarifications. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from you and from all of us. Doctor. And with that, I'm going to part you and our listeners with the Islamic readings of Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.